Welcome back to something ominous. This is your host, Jessica. And I'm Karina. And we're in episode eight. I know. Two more episodes for episode 10, y'all. I cannot believe we've done this many. I mean, I I know know it's like nothing compared to other podcasts, but we've kept up, dude. (laughs) We've kept up. Karina works a full-time job and I mean, I work too, okay? But she works like a full-time job. Like she has to be there. Yeah, it's been a commitment, but it's been really fun. I love researching. I know. And I've learned so much throughout this time. You want to tell them about La Llorona? Oh my gosh. Yes. And it's also going to be a TikTok. So stay tuned for the TikTok because I'm also going to talk about it on there. But basically what I was saying, and I was even telling Jessica, and I think I even mentioned it on the last episode, was that I was really scared of researching La Llorona. And while I was researching, I felt really scared like just hearing steps i mean i don't know if i'm not saying my house is haunted but while i was researching it was like i was hearing more sounds and i don't know you know when you just feel that like the escalofrios like or like you feel like something like in the back of your neck i'm not sure i'd explain it so after we recorded maybe like two nights after we were me and my husband we were sleeping and it was like in the middle of the night and he wakes me up right he's like shaking me and he's like babe wake up And I'm like, what happened? And as I woke up, I heard something quiet down. And so he's like, the shower was on. And I'm like, what? Like, what do you like? What do you mean? And he's like, no, the shower was on. It's turned off already. And so I'm like, oh, maybe it was like a plumbing issue or something. And so whatever, we went back to sleep. And the next day I was like, wait, did this really happen? Did you tell me that the shower was on? And he was like, yeah, he was like, I was shaking you. He's like, because I was feeling the bed next to me. He's like, and I felt a body. So he thought that. I had gotten in the shower and so he's like, so who's this person next to me right now? So whenever he was like, babe, wake up, babe, wake up. He was really like, is this you? But yeah, it was me. But yeah, he said that he was just, he was relieved that I was next to him and I wasn't in the shower. I know he did mention that he's so used to hearing that noise when you get up in the morning to get ready. Mm-hmm. So he just thought, oh, she's she's gotten up to get ready. But that when he stretches to take more room in the bed, you know, because you're not in the bed anymore. Yeah. That's when he felt something. Yeah. That is so creepy. I know. And then I told you about it the next morning because I'm like, dude, you know what happened? Oh, and yeah. so I told you, like, I heard the shower turn on. And then that scared me even more whenever you told me that Corinne from Two Girls, One Ghost podcast um, had heard something similar or had heard sounds whenever she was researching her um, episode on La Llorona. Yeah, she, I know when you said that, I was like, dude, you know what's crazy? Corinne from Two Girls, One Ghost yeah. said she had a lot of experiences with La Llorona specifically. Yeah, like that's the case. when I got even more scared. Because I'm like, oh my God, did I just invoke like <laughs> La Llorona? And then but. I rushed to one of those uh, curandero shops to go get yeah. Aceite de San Miguel. Yeah. I'm oh my God, it was, it's a whole, like, y'all don't even know. We ended up doing a limpia on my house. It was intense. But yeah, it was just... <laughs> Your neighbors are probably like, what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> We're outside <laughs> rubbing the windows with the oil. <laughs> oh my gosh, I cannot. Walking around, like throwing, um, it's like a tea, honestly, but you know, we were cleansing the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I did think it helped or maybe it's just like, what's that thing called? Placebo effect. I definitely think it helped with the energy in the house because it was starting to feel a little like I was starting to feel really scared when I was by myself. So it's gotten better. And then I got home and my throat was hurting. And I was telling Karina, I was like, I think I was like the fucking demon or something. Because I got sick. Like absorbed everything. Yeah, I legit, like I got sick for three days. I I had like a stuffy nose. That's why my throat's still kind of, like I sound congested a little bit. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I feel it. I'm still kind of mocosa. Ew. But yeah, I was like, did I suck in the demon that was here? I took it home with me because I was coughing so much when I got home. And that's not to happen, right? Like you can get sick after Olympia or no? I don't know, but I know I've seen those TikToks of when you do Olympia, mm-hmm. like para desaparecer los demonios and then they just like poof. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I funny. thought of that. And then I know you also talked to Kike because I had a question of La Llorona. I know that she's known to be around bodies of water. And then he told you a little bit of history on it. And I didn't think of it. I didn't think of that. Do you want to tell them? Yeah. I mean, he basically sent me a message after he heard the episode and was like, hey, like, I know y'all had a question about La Llorona only being well known to be around bodies of water. And like, why would she be in Mexico City? But he told me that Mexico City was actually built on a lake. I think when the construction of Mexico City began, the lake that was there was drained. Yeah, it was. So yeah, that's that's really interesting because a lot of the stories that I heard of La Llorona were in Mexico City. Yeah, that's crazy. Maybe she was from there. I don't know that's crazy oh yeah because she was a god the story comes from well she was like a native she was a native native. yeah Mm. did we just solve the mystery of la llorona solved (laughs) (laughs) you should have seen your face like it clicked i I saw your face where you're like calculating (laughs) that was you you were like dude maybe she was from there All right, you want to go ahead and start? Oh, it's me first, huh? Yes, you're going first this time. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and just set the scene a little bit. You know what I mean? I like to be a little dramatic. Okay. But picture yourself walking in downtown, but mainly in Mexico, not here, because the stores oh. are built different here. You pass by one of those wedding shops. The mannequin at the window catches your eye. Because you notice that her eyes followed you as you walked by and you got this eerie feeling. Stop looking at me like that. Dude, that was my next episode. But go on. Oh, dang. Go on. It's okay. Okay. Wait, so do you already know this? Is it La Pascualita? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Oh, damn. I feel like you would have done it better than me. No, go on. Okay, fine. So for those that don't know. So you go back and you take a second look. But that's when you notice that she has human-like features. She doesn't look like your typical mannequin. Her fingers have this purple greenish color and you can tell it's being masked by makeup and her hands look very realistic. Wait, is she an embalmed corpse used as a mannequin? Many in Chihuahua, Mexico wondered the same thing about a mannequin displayed at a bridal shop named La Popular. On March 25th, 1930, a mannequin arrives in the bridal shop La Popular. Pascual Esparza, Owner of La Popular said to have ordered this mannequin from France and displayed her with a new bridal gown from the spring summer collection. It caught the attention of the locals because this mannequin had human-like features. The eyes, the lashes, the brows, the lips, the hands, the nails, and even the wrinkles on her hands were very realistic. Not only that, but many noticed a huge resemblance between the mannequin and the owner's daughter who had recently passed. Here's the legend of La Pascualita. Legend says that Pascuala's daughter died on the day of her wedding. She was getting dressed while she was bit by a black widow spider and passed away. They say that her mother couldn't deal with the pain of losing her daughter, so she embalmed her body and kept her as a mannequin to be a forever bride. When the rumor that a real-life corpse was being used as a mannequin and that she resembled her daughter, Pascuala never denied it. Legend says that when asked for proof, She never wanted to show any proof that it was an actual mannequin and not her daughter's body. 
Now, this was in the 1930s, so mannequins back then didn't look real. I mean, and even to this day, they don't look real unless it's a wax figure, right? Employees for many years say that she changes positions suddenly. People that walk by the store have said that her eyes follow them as they pass by. Some employees have even said that when they arrive to the shop, she's not by the window and no one ever moved her. Experts have debunked this by saying that in order to keep a corpse in such crisp condition, lots of maintenance would have to be done and she would have to be in a controlled environment and not by a window where the sun will warm up her body. They also say that she would produce a foul smell, you know, the smell of death. Yeah. But one thing I want to say about the pictures that I saw, and you've seen them too, Mm -hmm. they remind me of a body you see when you go to a funeral i feel like we've all been to a funeral and we've all seen a body or two and you know how they have that that look like you know they're no longer living but then they have makeup on them and sometimes you can kind of see that decaying coming through because in mexico they bury them for like three like after three days right right yeah and here we wait like is it a whole week Mm mm-hmm yeah, usually it's about a week, I think, here. Yeah, no, I saw a picture of her whenever I was looking her up, and she's definitely really creepy. Like, she does not look like a regular mannequin. I feel like even if I would see her, if I was walking outside of a shop or something, I would see her, like, I would double look and be like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, what am I looking at right now? I was looking at a close-up of her face. I haven't found many. I, there is one where whoever took it really zoomed in, and you could see that her lips have that bruce look to them like a purple greenish color i'm gonna show you that picture just in case you didn't see it but i'll show it to you yeah she looks like she's rotting away but yeah on the picture that i saw of her fingers they're purple in between the wrinkles Mm -hmm. like on the bends of the finger inside her palm and then her nails the tip of her finger they look wrinkly like i don't know how to explain it like fingertips but like whenever like when you're in the pool for too long. Yes, like that. I mean, and I've been to that wax museum over there. What is it? Ripley's? Yeah. I don't I don't know. I feel like. No, because I feel like even mannequins and wax figures are always smooth. Yeah. Have they ever said what she's made of? No. I think at this point it's like a conspiracy in Chihuahua. So it is hard to believe that La Pascualita would be kept in almost crisp condition after more than 90 years if it truly was an embalmed body of Pascuala's daughter. But have you heard of Elmer McCurdy? No. So if you haven't heard of him, I'm going to keep this one a bit short because this is like you could do an episode out of Elmer itself. Elmer was a criminal and died in a shootout with police back in 1911. He was embalmed and used for many different entertainment businesses. In 1976, a crew member was setting up a scene for filming While he was moving one of the wax body props they had hanging, the arm pops off. The crew member was trying to figure out how to put his arm back together when he noticed that in the center, there was human bone surrounded by muscle tissue. For more than 60 years, Elmer's embalmed body was used from business to business and was seen as a wax figure. Dude, how's the wax Elmer was embalmed with an arsenic-laced ultra-preservative that allowed his body to last in a lifelike condition. So what if this is what happened to La Pascualita and maybe someone was maintaining the body at night and that's why employees would notice her position changed. 
um, when they'd go in the next day in the morning, right? I feel like that's the only thing that can explain it. If she was moving around, that someone was probably maintaining it, I feel like. I'm just saying this. I'm just throwing this out there mm -hmm. because that would make sense to me. Then there's a body of Vladimir Lenin. Do you know who that is? Nope. He was a founder of the Russian Communist Party. His body was preserved when he died in 1924. With Lenin's body, they have an entire group that is known as the Mausoleum Group that helps preserve his body. Over time, they've had to replace pieces of his skin with plastic, changing his weight and appearance little by little as time goes by. With sun exposure, La Pascualita would decay a lot faster. I'm not sure how cold the store is or if the mannequin has a vent facing her. Like, honestly, I couldn't find anything on the store's temperature. Another thing I found was that employees say that she has varicose veins. Like, why would a mannequin or a wax figure have varicose veins? Yes, that when they've changed her or they like adjust her dress, they've seen her veins. Dude, someone has to open up this mannequin. Well, if this is a wax figure, then the artist did a real good job with attention to detail. Yeah. And I was reading through Google reviews of the shop. I found out that the mannequin was sent to La Ciudad de Mexico. So I looked into this. In 2017, she was sent to La Ciudad de Mexico for an exhibit called Hotel de Leyendas Victoria, where they displayed the most famous objects in Mexico. In the exhibit, she had a special showcase with special lighting and air conditioning to keep her environment controlled and sheltered. So that really made me wonder, like, why would they do that there mm -hmm. and the store not do that? I feel like they had to have planned something. I don't know. Kind of feel like it is true, but I don't know. I'm like an in-between. She was in La Ciudad de Mexico for nine months, and on her return, she looked different. Many Chihuahuenses noticed the difference in her appearance. They now believe they couldn't keep her decaying body and it was too obvious that they had no choice but to bury her and make a wax figure that holds a resemblance to her. They don't believe that it's her anymore. But the now owners of the store say that all they did was update the mannequin because throughout the years she was wearing out. So what do you think? Wow. Oh, that's like that they changed her. Or that she they looks like, different. fixed her up. Yeah, no, she looks different. They even dyed her hair oh, way man. different. There's a side-by-side -side picture, mm -hmm. and you can tell her face looks slimmer. Her nose looks smaller. Her lips look smaller. Her hair is so different. Her brows are different. There was also another legend that says when men would see her, they would fall in love with her and go crazy because they wanted her. What the... And another legend was that a magician fell in love with her and would visit her at night, bringing her to life to dance with her. And that that's why the employees would see her position change every now and then when they'd get there mm -hmm. in the morning, because they think that this magician was just dancing with her every night and moving her around. The store has changed names and is now called Pascualita, Novias, Quinceañeras y Accesorios. Many say that the vibe is not the same with the mannequin since getting her back from La Ciudad de Mexico. Like everyone just says that they changed the history or what that store was known for. Yeah, like what made it special. Yeah. And if you go through Google reviews, because that's, that's how I found out a lot of stuff. People are mad. People mm -hmm. are like, I can't believe you changed her. She was the legend that they were most proud of. Mm -hmm. 
Then I was also watching a YouTube video. Actually, no, I did not watch the video. I clicked on it to watch it and just kind of like hear what this YouTuber was saying. But then I got so distracted with the comments because I was like, there's more information on the comments that there is on the video because it was from people that live in Chihuahua. And I was like, "Mm, I'm going to go ahead and copy these two comments that I, there was the top two. So this is one of the first comments on the video and it's from Liliana Montes 616. I'm from Chihuahua. And the truth is, that you do feel a sensation when passing in front of her. More than anything, because we grew up listening to the legend. They did restore it, and it's true that it doesn't look the same. There are employees who do say that she changes her dress by herself, and that there are even times you pass by at night, and she's not standing there. Dude, imagine. And this is another one from Ayeli Alvarez, 4398. I'm from Chihuahua, and she's beautiful. Many things are said about her, that they changed her, but over the time, the mannequin deteriorated. What you did feel was that heavy gaze as if she was really seeing you and you could even feel her following you with her gaze. That's interesting. That's the story of La Pascualita. I feel like, okay, the thing with Elmer, I really didn't want to go much into detail because that's a whole nother story. If you pay attention to his story, his case, He went from business to business to business for over 60 years. Within those 60 years, some of the businesses did keep him as a wax figure for many years. He wasn't just like traveling all over. It was within like the last few years of his wax body or whatever that he started deteriorating. And that's because they were no longer taking care of him. They just had him hanging. Yeah. Or like he could have been maintained. Exactly. And you notice a huge difference and there's pictures of him when he first became a display for many years to when he was turned into the police. So I think it could possibly be done if it's known to be to be a thing. Or in Mexico, they also have some churches that have bodies of babies. And priests, yeah. We've been to one that has a body of the embalmed priest i i don't i can't remember which which one it is but i've seen it and then remember i talked about in one of the episodes the cemetery one where they have eva peron they had her for like what 16 years i think they preserved her body so i think it is possible definitely think it's possible i do too i think it could be real and i think they probably could have changed it yeah and maybe for for the legend yeah and then maybe like if you think back in the days like in the 1930s they probably use some strong-ass chemical that can kill the mortician itself. I'm yeah. sure they've updated all that shit. It's probably not as strong as it used to be, but yeah, everything was legal that shouldn't be legal back in the days. Yeah, no, I think it's I think it's possible. And it's funny that um, just whenever I heard you say that you were going to talk about this, because Kike actually talked to me about it. Like, he sent me a message. He was like, you know what would be really interesting if y'all covered La Pascualita? It's a mannequin. He told me the whole backstory. She got bit by a spider. And then he was like, I'm saying this because they do a presentation in Escaret where he works about La Pascualita. Mm-hmm. And it's like Thursday through Saturday. It's like a whole performance on her. Wow, that's interesting. All right, Kenny, go for it. All right, well, I'm going to talk about something I know you have not heard of, and it's called La Carreta Chillona. No, I haven't heard of that. (laughs) I knew it. 
Okay, so La Carreta Chillona, otherwise known as La Carreta Bruja, is a very famous legend in El Salvador. So just like we have La Llorona, Las Brujas, Los Duendes. So to define its actual name, Carreta is a wagon, and in this case, it's a wooden wagon from back in the very old days when they were pulled by horses. The word Chillona means crier, so in English, it's translated to the weeping wagon. This legend really got my attention because it's not the haunting of a person, but it's an item that haunts the street of El Salvador. Citizens report hearing this wagon roaming around the streets without a driver and without even a horse to pull it along. In some cases, they have heard the sound of chains dragging along with it. Those unfortunate enough to have seen the Carreta Chillona say it's full of bones and skulls. <gasps> no! Yeah. To give you guys a backstory on where this wagon is from, I'm going to talk to you about Terencio Perez, who was a Spaniard that arrived to the lands after Spanish conquest of El Salvador. Legend says that Terencio was a student of the priest named Fray Antolino Viedo, who had taught him about the lands of El Salvador. After the priest passed away, Terencio moved to another town where he met Juan Tepa, who owned an apothecary. Terencio learned all the native secrets about using medical plants to cure diseases. He took advantage and used this knowledge to get rich by treating the Spaniard people who did not know where he had gotten this information from. Terencio became arrogant and changed his name to Terencio Perez de la Trocadera, just to seem fancy. When a plague affected the native population, Terencio refused to help them because they couldn't afford it and he didn't want the Spaniards to know that he was affiliated with them. One night, the ghost of the priest Fray Antolin paid him a visit. He told him that he did not have a part in this world anymore because he let so many people die with the knowledge they had given him. The ghost ordered Terencio to build a cart of bones, the bones of those he had let die, and that he would become a wandering soul who would forever seek a cemetery to bury those he refused to help. Karma. I watched a couple of videos on YouTube and one video I found was from a news channel named Código 21 that reminded me a lot of Primer Impacto. Like it started off super dramatic and it was so intense. The reporting was about two men who claimed they had heard and saw La Carreta Chillona. They said that when they saw the wagon coming towards them, they took out the machetes they carried in their belts, but quickly realized it was a phantom. They ran back home as fast as they could, hitting the machete on the ground to try to scare it off. One man named Juan Pablo Hernandez reported on the news channel that he felt chills all over his body as he watched the wagon pass with a loud screeching sound and it disappeared right before his eyes. Now to clarify, he said, La carreta pasó gritando. If I direct translated, it would be that the wagon was screaming. So it's unknown to me whether the wagon screams or it's the screech from the wheels that they hear. I think that's what it is because I feel like we all have different ways of expressing. Yeah, like it, that's why, like if you direct, um, if you directly translate it, it's like scream. I wanted to kind of put the sound of the wagon. The title of it is La Carreta Chillona 2005. So it has what I feel like is a similar sound to what I think they hear. Mm, okay. So I'm going to play it right now. It's not a jump scare, I promise. Dude, what if it is like people screaming because it has bodies in it? It could be. It could be because it is um, supposed to have dead bodies inside. People report saying that they saw the dead bodies. So it could possibly be the screaming because of the people that are stuck in the, like the spirit of the people. They don't know that they can get out of this. They're just stuck in there forever. 
Yeah, I have another story that I'm going to tell you guys, and it goes a little bit more into detail about what he saw. This story, I found it on Scribed website. It was a personal encounter from a man of old age named Mahim. Mahim tells that when he was young, he lived in a small village in northern El Salvador. One night, he was coming from visiting family members and had to walk back to his village. It was almost midnight, but he knew his way very well and did not mind the dark streets. The only thing that illuminated the night was the moonlight. Mahim says that he had actually encountered a couple of paranormal legends, like one named the Siwanaba, and had even been followed by the Cadejo, which is a reference to Historias del Rancho, if you know, you know. <laughs> he says that when he was getting to his village, about two kilometers away, he heard the sound of a wagon getting closer. In that moment, he thought of the possibilities of who it could be. He heard the sound getting closer and closer and louder. Mahim knew that he had to pass by a cemetery that's right before his village, it always gave him chills to pass by there, so se persino and he kept walking. When the wagon was approaching his back, he felt the worst goosebumps he had ever felt in his life. It was like all the animals came to life. The chickens that had been in the fields around him started clucking in fear and the dogs to howl. Mahi knew whatever was behind him was not good. Then he jumped to the side and hid behind some bushes. He looked straight at the carriage and prayed every prayer that he knew. When the carriage approached slowly, he saw two human skulls on each end of the wagon and saw that it carried dead bodies. Behind the carriage were three headless beings with a handful of grass in place of where the head should be. Mikeen doesn't even know how he got home after that, only that he had fever for three days and would never travel again at night. Oh no. I honestly, I'd be like, Dios te salve Maria. You know, it is like, yeah. like, man, I forget the prayers though. Yeah. Like out of... Freaking out of fear shock. yeah fear shock what what do you do mm -hmm. that's so like in that scary. moment i feel like you're just shocked and the fact that he still had to walk home after that in the darkness passing so the cemetery like he hadn't even passed the cemetery yeah yet. no something must have been protecting him for him not to remember how he got home no that's scary Ugh. You know, I went through the comments of the YouTube videos and similar to yours, it's like a whole bunch of encounters of Yotamila Lee. Like I also saw her. I also heard her. There were a few users saying they had seen and heard the same thing, even reporting that they had also gotten fever and vomit after seeing it. Oh my goodness. What so this is actually a very common thing in El Salvador. Today, citizens of Tonacatepeque in El Salvador celebrate these legends in a festival named Festival de la Calabuisa. To me, it sounded similar to Halloween, but I think it's even scarier since people hold a parade dressed as popular legends like La Ciguanaba, El Padre Sin Cabeza, El Cadejo, and they decorate wagons like the Carreta Chillona. And they get visitors from all over El Salvador. So whether the Carreta Chillona is just a myth or if it's a real paranormal entity, it's a good reminder to stay away from the lonely streets at midnight. Yeah, we don't walk at night. Mm -mm. Mm. You don't have to worry about me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you ain't got to worry about me. Yeah, I was I was looking up also like just paranormal legends in Latin America. And this was a really popular one in El Salvador. I was surprised how many people have seen it. I feel like it's almost like at the level of like La Llorona. Yeah. For them. Yeah, it sounds like it. Mm -hmm. The whole dragging chain reminded me of what we heard in Mexico. At Did grandma's? I hear it? You said you heard it. No, I never heard dragon chain. Okay, so then that was my encounter. No, I heard the footsteps. Okay, so then with mine. Oh, shit. So then I was the one that heard the dragon chains. Mm -hmm. <gasps> that was so scary. I was trying to go to sleep and then um, 
you had gone out with Vianney that night. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't sleep. I had like insomnia. I don't know. That summer, when I got back, I had a limpia done in my backyard. <laughs> I was outside standing with a bra and underwear. <laughs> no way, dude. Dude, Ain't yes. No, way. You no never yes. Told me this. Yeah, because that was fucking embarrassing. <laughs> dude, I'm saying like it 15? now. Yes. It was 15 because it was my quinceanera summer. My mom had me out there with a fucking bra. <laughs> Y calzones with the sabana. <laughs> and she's like holding it like this. And then my tia Angelica had hierbabuena, I think that's what it was. Con alcohol. And she's dipping it in there and she's throwing it at me. And they told me, yeah. close your eyes. And I'm like, fucking cold. And I was like, me van a ver los vecinos. <laughs> I'm fucking 15. But I'm like, in my bra and underwear. My mom's like, te estoy tapando, hombre. She's so mad at me. <laughs> Why not in a room? Because to not make it wet, I guess. I I think it had to do more with the fact that I was getting a cleanse and whatever was going to come out of me had to go out to the air. Oh. Because that summer I came back paranoid, scared. I couldn't sleep in my room. I kept seeing shadows. There was a corner in my room that I had like clothes. And I remember that I was laying down and I woke up in the middle of the night and I saw a shape of a person. And I fucking clearly saw this shape and I get up, I screamed and I get up running, turn on the light. And my mom's like, ¿Qué pasó? you know how like the old room where I was, I don't know if you remember, it had that connecting door to my parents' room. Yeah. The little room. Mm-hmm. So my mom goes into the room and I'm like screaming and crying. And I was like, oh, it's, it's que, I, oh, I'll say it in English. I thought I saw a person standing there and she was like, it's just your imagination because you have all this clothes here. I was like, yeah, it could be. And it was like the light reflecting, right? So I turn off the light and the shape didn't look the same. Yes, Mm -hmm. there was a shape, but it wasn't the shape of a person anymore. So I was like, fuck this. I'm going to go to sleep with the lights on. I leave the lights on. And then weird stuff would happen. I kept hearing like tapping on my window. And my mom kept saying, son las ramas del árbol. What fucking tree? There was no tree. At that time, there was no tree in that window or by the window. And I'm like, no, there's no tree. So she would just say like, oh, it's the cats. Like, you know, mm-hmm. trying to, trying to find gaslight me. Gaslight me. That's what they were trying to do. So I then tell my mom, like, I'm so scared. I keep hearing stuff. And I feel like for many years, I would hear stuff. Mm-hmm. I'd hear footsteps. And I think she just got tired of it. Or no, I ended up telling her what happened to me in Mexico. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know if you were already there, but one of the days we were walking from Tia Marta's house to grandma's house and I was with Nancy and we turned to look at the house where that guy that was possessed Mm -hmm. lived. And I remember that when I turned and looked, I was like, I thought you said nobody lived there anymore. You can clearly see that there's a TV on because you could see the light of a TV reflecting through the window, Mm -hmm. but it was dark in there you know whenever you drive by and you see like a tv on through the window Mm -hmm. and she turned and looked at me she's like nobody lives there we take off running she's like and she's like oh shit Mm -hmm. i didn't know what happened i didn't know like anything that happened to the guy Mm -hmm. when this happened so that was that one day and then when you went out with vianney i couldn't sleep that night because remember earlier that day nancy was sleepwalking 
I don't know if you remember, but man, I remember this just so clear because I feel like that summer was so scary for me. Mm-hmm. But anyways, she was sleepwalking and I remember that I was like, what are you doing? And then Vianney tells me like, hey, don't wake her up. You're not supposed to wake someone up that's sleepwalking. So you guys left and I kept hearing the chickens in that back window making so much noise, like running back and forth and you could hear their plates being kicked around. And then I started hearing chains being dragged outside in the hallway and i kept hearing like a costal being dragged and footsteps i think that's why i get my experience confused with when we had our experience mm-hmm. because i experienced this before you and i experienced that whole mm-hmm. thing so then you guys finally get home and i'm like oh my god thank god i could finally hear them i could mm-hmm. hear their voices i like i heard you laughing Vianney laughing Vianney gets to the room. I hear, well, I hear one of y'all walk into the room and then they stand there. I don't know who it was first. I don't know if it was you or her. They stand there and then she turns on the light, stands there for a little bit, turns it off, turns it on again. And then you guys walk in. And then after that, I was able to go to sleep because you guys got there. So the next morning we were getting dressed because we were going to go, I think, see my quinceanera dress or something. And I hear Vianney telling Tia Marta, Ma, last night when I got home, I thought I saw a man standing by the window. I clearly saw him. I turn on the light and he's not there. And I turned it off thinking it was like a reflection of something. And he wasn't there anymore. Dude, the way I ran out of that room and I was like, did you say you saw a man standing at the window? And she was like, yeah. I was like, this is what happened to me the Mm -hmm. entire night. That's what you were hearing. I was hearing so much shit. I was like, I kept hearing things being dragged, chains being dragged. The plates of the chickens being kicked around. And then the scariest thing is that, remember they had the vanity right in front of the bed? And in my head, something would tell me, do not look up at the mirror. Don't look at the mirror. That would reflect like outside. Yeah, it it was facing the the bed. So I would see whatever was standing outside. And in my head, I'm like, don't look at the mirror. Don't look at the mirror. But something in me was like, look at the mirror. Look Mm -hmm. at the mirror. And in my head, like it was like, evil telling me look at me look at me but Mm -hmm. then it was my angel telling me don't look don't look don't look well then our experience where we heard footsteps again Mm -hmm. and then the hitting on the back of the tv and we couldn't sleep that night i feel like we could not well at least i couldn't maybe you fell asleep but i sure did not Mm -hmm. so then i come home and i'm like i don't fucking know what the hell was going on with me but I I don't know. I feel like I brought something back, dude. Like, honestly, I feel like yeah. I brought something back. And then I did the limpia. I wasn't as scared. And then I found out about that guy. But when you said the whole chain thing, I think if I was to hear this little wagon and hear chains, I'd go back to that mm-hmm. day in Mexico. We need to look into, like, what dragging chains mean. So I feel like that's a common thing when in hauntings. I don't know. I always thought it was like grandpa because I know he would drag a lot of stuff. I just kept thinking that it's him. And you know, how he liked to be a jokester. I, I think it was him, though, because I always associated with like negative like entities. I think because it's unknown. We immediately think it's something bad. Maybe that's a story. Where did we get here? Why did we get here? Oh, because of the chains. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's it for episode eight. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to follow us on social media. Follow us on TikTok at Something Ominous and Instagram is Something Ominous Podcast. YouTube is Something Ominous. And we're only on there as audio, but we have posted a few shorts. So see you guys next week. See you guys next week. Bye.
Don't forget to rate our podcast. Send your stories to somethingominouspod at gmail.com. Bye. Bye.